Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what's up? Welcome in. It is GC Live. I'm Wes. He is Chris Clark. Never a dull moment in Gamecock Nation. Uh, we thought it might be a slow signing day. was kind of a slow signing day as far as any recruiting news goes on the South Carolina end, which was to be expected. But um, ended up being actually a, a very busy day in the South Carolina news world. Shane Beamer speaking uh, about an hour ago. Um, Sterling Lucas may actually still be talking. Uh, we're going on live here at 3 o'clock. The first introduction for him. The news breaks earlier today that Connor Shaw is leaving for a, um outside business opportunity, non-college athletics opportunity. And then shortly after that, the news breaks that Eric Kimry, South Carolina's tight ends coach, will be leaving for another opportunity as well that he will be announcing, I would imagine, at some some point fairly soon. So, Crazy day. We're going to get to all of that. Uh, but first, got to tell you about our buddy Clint Hammond. He is the presenting sponsor right here on GC Live. ClintHammond.com, as you see above our heads, every single show that we do. The NMLS number, 71597. Email address, chammond at mortgagenetwork.com. If you're in the market for a new home or you just want to see what options you have to refinance, give Clint a shout or just go on over to ClintHammond.com. Chris. A weird national signing day, man. This is not what signing day used to be. It used to be waking up at like 6 a.m. And, and getting ready to roll 100 stories or doing eight hours of radio or, or what have you. Completely different now. We didn't even have a single signing day story on the front page this morning uh, until Beamer spoke this afternoon. But then uh, we start getting some rumblings. Uh, of something actually we had been tracking for a few days now on, on Connor Shaw, and then we, we get some strong rumblings that, that Kimry uh, is going to be leaving as well. So uh, it ended up being a strange day, man. It, it was. And, look, I mean, th- we knew that the signing day was going to be different anyway. We knew we wouldn't be, like you said, 6 a.m. and or 5 a.m., 10 pots of coffee, live updates, all those types of things. We knew that would happen. Um, but what what we didn't know was that the timing of these two things would would kind of coincide with that day. And it just worked out to where Beamer had a press conference to talk a little bit about some of the transfers that were already on campus. That, of course, a big reason, Wes, why there were not more guys to track today in terms of signing is because, uh, what is it, six of the seven transfers uh, minus Austin Stogner are all on campus already. So they can talk about those guys, introduce Sterling Lucas, and obviously – once this news broke, we knew he'd be fielding a lot of questions about the departures of Shaw and Kimry. So didn't really foresee that timing, 
Very, very interesting moves. I think two very different moves. I've seen just from some of the conversations on the Insiders Forum, here in the chat, social media, of course, there's some, I guess, jumping to some conclusions, kind of blanket statement type of things. I think there's two different situations here, right? Two, two different reasons, two different paths in terms of where these guys going are going, and, and the timing just worked out like it did. But very, very interesting signing day, and I, I haven't really thought of it as signing day unless in, people just happen to ask about it, Wes. We we had a couple of people, Chris, ask um, on the Insiders Forum, hey, where where's some signing day content? And I said, there is none. Um, you know, not there's there's really not a whole lot to say. And I, I did think about, I, I thought about just putting a story on the front page that said National Signing Day. Um, everybody has already signed. Just so, just, just so blank. You, just, you know, like just so you got there and and you were like, what's going on? You you would just know there would be a reminder, South Carolina. Two scholarships remaining. Get they they get. It's, it's, I, I know this hasn't been a fun day for y'all for for Gamecock fans. They get the news today that Malik Heath is headed to Ole Miss, and you know, Chris, that was one. The feedback that had been provided by Heath and his camp after the South Carolina official visit was very very positive that that it went very well. But the other side of that coin was you sort of had. There's these rumors. Some of the Ole Miss reporters uh, seem to be very confident. When stuff like that happens, you never know which way it's going to sort of end up going. I, I thought there'd be a little bit longer before we saw a decision. Um, Heath had communicated that he was going to take some other visits, but um, he, he goes ahead and, and locks in with Ole Miss today. A Mississippi kid, it, it's not it's not surprising by any means. Like, it's not a shocking result, but um, – you know, this was a guy that South Carolina felt at least some level of belief that they were they were in it with him and, and that they had a good story to to tell as far as being able to come in and and play it at wide receiver. But let's move that forward a bit. I, I think if you're South Carolina you're looking at those two spots um post spring, that that jolt we talked about this yesterday that the portal will get again. I think receiver will remain a likely uh, priority for, for South Carolina, even though we couldn't tell you which guys that will be yet. Yeah, and that when you look at just some flexibility of additional spots in this class, that's one that you can point to. You know, you do bring in Antoine Wells, which, Wes, did you know his nickname was Juice? Did, did, you, did you have that on your radar? Unaware. Okay, that's Shane Beamer. Shout, you know, revealing that today, so a little newsworthy. But you get Antoine Wells. Obviously, you're bringing in, you know, Landon Sampson in this class. We know South Carolina, with one of those spots, would like to target another receiver. They dug around on some that were previously in the portal. Heath is a guy, obviously, that they went after and hosted on an official visit. So it makes a lot of sense. But just with the timing of everything, Wes, you know, classes having started around the country in January, spring ball, you know, getting – very, very close in a lot of places next month for South Carolina, obviously start spring ball. Things will settle down a little bit on the portal front uh, with, with spots filling up, the classes starting, and now we'll see more movement after the spring. So South Carolina can, you know, hold those spots, see what happens after spring. Uh, but you would certainly expect that they're going to be digging around more in the portal and monitoring heavily for somebody at the receiver position. Certainly, man. Um, so some walk-ons announced today as well. 
uh, you know, some guys that uh, appear to, I, I mean, some sometimes with walk-ons, it's a guy that you're like, wow, I remember that that name for, from way back. I, I think, you know, we, we talked about it yesterday. Um, not one of the guys that's been announced yet, but when you're adding talents like DJ Black from, from Chapman to your walk-on class, um, when you're adding an, an incoming preferred walk-on whose nickname is Turbo, and uh, and Dante Miller, I mean, by the way, Juice and Turbo, like there are some great nicknames in in this class of guys coming in. But um, I, I think that that matter. It helps the, at the very least. It helps the competition within your program. In that, if your walk ons are better, that naturally is going to push your scholarship guys a bit as well. No doubt, and and I think. Like you look at some of the walk-on South Carolina brought in, um, has brought in under Shane Beamer, some guys that were here in the past. You know, Eric Rice is a guy that got, you know, not similar to DJ Black this year, but he was a really good high school player that you could point to and say, that guy's good enough to go play on scholarship somewhere smaller, right? But you get him as a PWO, as an in-state kid from right down the road. He's a guy that physically with his traits wouldn't be a surprise if he's helping out at some point as a junior actually on the field, special teams, maybe some receiver. We've seen, you know, Trey Adkins is a guy that eventually earned a scholarship at South Carolina. Same deal. Peyton Mangrum, Wes, is one that, you know, caught the the special teams fake punt touchdown against Tennessee, was a really, really prolific high school wide receiver. There were a few little question marks that, that colleges had, right? Well, maybe he's not a 4-4 guy, you know. But he was really prolific, and he's gotten himself into position to where he's helping this team. He's pushing some guys in practice, scout team practice. He's also playing special teams. I think a guy like DJ Black, a, a good example of being resourceful. You don't want to have your walk-on program just be a bunch of bodies. It's something that you need to devote time and, a, and devote attention to. And the better that program is, the better they can be. I remember West East Carolina – when Ruffin McNeil was there and Lincoln Riley was their OC, they had an excellent walk-on program. They paid a lot of attention to it, and they had guys that would come in as walk-ons and end up being starters and be really good players. And so um, it, it appears that that's, you know, an area that, that Shane Beamer has kind of honed in on and, and wants to do a really good job on. Yeah, definitely, man. So sticking with Chapman guys named DJ, how about the announcement today of DJ Twitty joining the program, transferring in from East Tennessee State. He's got a, a final year of eligibility remaining. I remember watching that kid in high school and being like, this guy is very underrated. Great high school football player, re- returns home. Um, and I'm trying to see, is he does he really only have one year left? Is this the super senior year, or does he technically have two? I can't tell off the top of my head, but um, – yeah, just again, add, adding talent as adding talent without using scholarships, um, always a good thing. Kid, kid was very, very good at the high school level. Um, here's one that caught caught me off guard, Chris Jack Luckhurst, six two one eighty transfer place kicker from Arizona State, um, says on the bio that USC sent out that um, he appeared in two games in twenty twenty. Um, Connected on a field goal from 49 yards, uh, was nine for nine on on extra points. So a guy that comes in as a walk on from California, but 
has some experience, uh, you know, kicking in college, kicking at the power five level, even though it's limited experience, still some experience that there is life ahead without Parker White for South Carolina. I don't believe you. Nope. Is no, there Parker, a way to come back? No, yeah, Parker will be back for a seventh year somehow. I really won't believe it until somebody else is out there kicking the first field goal or extra point. But but no, seriously, I mean, I, this reminds me of a conversation that um, we had during one of the media days with Pete Limbo. I think this was back this, maybe the pre-spring media day, Wes, inside the indoor, and just talking to Pete Limbo about his – kind of philosophy on how do you find kickers, punters, specialists. Um, sometimes you see guys, schools, you know, go way more aggressive in trying to scholarship a guy. Sometimes you see schools that really don't want to spend a scholarship on a guy. And a lot of times what you find is there's somewhere in between. And I think that's kind of where limbo is of, you know, if you find a guy that you think is worth a scholarship right off the bat, meaning out of high school or as a transfer, presumably, he needs to be really, really good. You need to be sure on that, you know, because if not, your scholarship spots are very limited for specialists like kickers or punters. And if you have two, three guys on scholarship, you got to remember you got all these other spots on your team too where the numbers are, you know, a lot higher and you need more guys. So his his ideal scenario, Wes, was to bring in a walk-on at – each spot and really develop those guys. And Hey, that's exactly what happened with Parker white. You also got to keep in mind that South Carolina has already got a kicker and a punter on scholarship. Kai Kroger, Mitch Jeter Kroger certainly, I think proved his worth as a punter and a quarterback. Um, and then you also have Mitch Jeter who presumably is going to have a leg up pun intended on the, the uh, job this year. Yeah, that was pretty brutal, but Two scholarship guys, and so you're not – that's why you're not looking in a class right now and saying, hey, let's go try to find a guy to scholarship. But if you can be resourceful, again, and going and finding walk-on guys that you can develop, that's, you know, going to help you. Yeah, and opportunities for those guys to go on scholarship down the road if they do end up winning a starting position. Uh, Daniel Lester will be coming in in the summer as well as a high school um, walk-on kicker, preferred walk-on kicker, so – with kickers, it's really just about competition, and it's about finding which guy can do it in a game. You know, like so much of it is mental that it's it's hard it's hard to evaluate that and give a guy a scholarship. A lot of a lot of the guys in high school aren't kicking off the ground either. You can use a tee. You can use like the holder can put the ball on a tee. So it's it's just different kicking at that level versus kicking in. College, so I think you 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 just got to bring in as many talented kids as as possible. Even part, you know, Parker White was not like expected to be the starter early in his career, and then he he just took the job and, and ran with it. And um, you know, even even that first year when his numbers looked like he struggled, he was very accurate from less than fifty. It was when they were asking him to venture out and and kick from further than that 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 he got himself in trouble. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. But it'll be weird to be talking about a kicking competition this year because it's been a long time since that's even been a part of the conversation in an offseason at South Carolina. Um, let's see. I was trying to see if there was anybody else transfer class-wise we needed to mention. 
couple of other guys, Colin Bryant, uh, transfer. He was a walk-on at Alabama, has four years of eligibility left. Um, they announced Jackson Hall, who is the Belton Honeypath offensive lineman that's uh, visited a South Carolina pretty much every week this season, I think. Um, the former Dorman quarterback that spent a year or two maybe at North Greenville, Hayden Lee, uh, he's already on campus and uh, was announced today as well. Um, and, and then Noah Abrams, a DB from Powder Springs, Georgia, Hillgrove High School, gets announced today. But for the most part, it was really the guy that that everybody had already um, – everybody was already aware of, um, you know, with – with, with guys coming in that had, had already been announced that were in the transfer class. Before we get any further, Chris, we, we do got to tell everybody, and I'm springing this on you completely, but uh, now nah, you'll like it. How excited were you to see the announcement from Homefield Apparel this week? And, dude, the, bu- the buzz on Twitter from Gamecock fans – like our, our people were pumped. Like they were that, that nobody does a better job of hyping up releases than home field apparel. But no doubt. I think the Gamecocks have a shot at surpassing Florida, which my home field folks, shout out Whitney. She says Florida is has had the best launch of all time. So in terms Gamecocks, of like, yeah, sales. That, okay. So, you, you've you been challenged. That sounds like a challenge to me. You have been challenged. Um, You'll be getting a free shirt in the mail soon, Chris. I, I can't wait. I, I was going to say, I, I was going to drop that, the free shirt. I was worried about making the people jealous. But, hey, they're going to have awesome deals for Gamecock fans. It's going to be super cool. They do an awesome job with branding and their products amazing. So I can't wait for it. So it's kind of been a long time coming, obviously, yeah. as far as South Carolina fans have been waiting, hoping they get it now officially. Launch day, Chris, is February 5th. Um, Homefield is an Indi- Indianapolis based company, officially licensed apparel. This is Big New Saturday season three. Um, and South Carolina gets to kick that off. This Saturday, um, and for those who are not familiar, everything they do is they're they're like vintage looking shirts, right? You know the logos um, it involve thoughtful designs involving something from South Carolina's history. So they're they're going to they will release the actual designs here really really soon, um, and then we're gonna have a little deal for everybody as well. So so be ready. We'll have a special promotional code. Everybody will get a little bit of a discount on their home field purchase from Gamecock Central, and but let's let's go break that record, huh? That'll be awesome, D- dude. And I was gonna say, I'm gonna I'm gonna spring this one on you, okay? Since you did that to me, since you mentioned Florida and trying to break break their record, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm um, sitting here. The Gamecock fans, obviously, with home field, homefieldapparel.com. If you want to get a sense of you know, some of the other stuff they've done. They got some sweet Gonzaga shirts on the front page right now, which are awesome. Can't wait to see what they come up with on the South Carolina end. Gator fans obviously did a really great job with their launch at home field. Tell you a couple other things Gator fans have done really well at. 
And so, yes, this is a challenge. Two other things. Garnet Trust, okay? The Gator Collective down in Florida, they're killing it. They're doing a great job with NIL opportunities, connections through the Gator Collective for Florida student-athletes. Garnet Trust, it's here. It's available. GarnetTrust.com. Right now, I got to say, Wes, lots of people supporting Garnet Trust. It's been awesome. It's growing, right? It launched after Gator Collective. Florida's ahead. They're ahead a good bit. So another challenge, go check out GarnetTrust.com. And the third challenge, I'm not done. Is this about Florida as well? This is about Florida as well. This is a Beat Florida Day, basically. It's Beat Florida Day. Our guys on the Florida Gator on three site, Corey Bender, Nick De La Torre, they're about to add Wes actually to their team there on Gators Online on on three. They are killing it as well. They do an awesome job raking in subscribers. Right now, they're beating Gamecock Central in subscribers. Now, they launched before us, right, when we moved to the new network. But Gamecock fans, if you haven't joined GamecockCentral.com or if you haven't moved over since GamecockCentral.com moved on three, go check us out. You can jump in $1, $1, Wes, for the entire first year, and you get a free Founders Club hat by joining GamecockCentral.com. If you were on our site when we were on Rivals, if you want to still subscribe, you do need to get a new subscription on On3. If you've never tried us, it's a dollar. Come check us out. So three challenges, three ways you can beat Florida. South Carolina beat them on the field last year. You can beat them by doing cool stuff. Let's go three for three in, in beating Florida. Um, just beat them in a submission, much like go. South Carolina there football team did. Force another coaching change, maybe. I don't know. All right, we so we, let's let's close this this final bit out, man. Um, Matthew says Chris is pitching like a boss. That was pretty yeah. good, Chris. That was that was, that was you, nice, man. Um, everybody naturally, and you already talked about this a bit. It, the Connor Shaw, Eric Kimry departures today on the same day. Everybody naturally has been a little upset, and you know, because we wondered. Like, th- things have been pretty good in Gamecock Nation for, I would say, ever since the night that Rattler and Stogner announced. Good point. It's been all gravy. You know, then you win the bowl game. I don't know if anybody even, you know, the bowl game, everybody sort of went into with very low expectations. A lot of fans did. They get surprised by, boom, big win over North Carolina, beat your rival from right across the border. It's been all good. This is just like what we talked about yesterday within games, within seasons. It's it's never going to always be up. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. Um, but, I, you know, I, I get the frustration a bit from fans when it's two of your – it's two of your guys, right? It's two of your former quarterbacks. Um moving on to other opportunities. Like, I can get a little bit of the greater, like, wait a second, what's happening? Why are they leaving? It's on the same day. Um, that's that's natural. But um, so, something you've pointed out on the Insiders Forum is I, I do think once it's completely out there, like where Kimry is going, it will, it will kind of connect the dots and – 
some of the rumors, I think it's already kind of rumored out there, um, you know, where I think he's going to end up. But the it, it, just, it does make sense. And, you know, I, I think for, you know, and I don't want to speak for Eric Kimry, but I, I think get, getting to go to South Carolina was, was obviously a dream for him. He, he talked about that a ton when he got the job. But also um, running a high school football program, um, there are a few better. Um, certainly in set in South Carolina state history, literally by the numbers, um, there are a few better. So I don't know, man, you, you kind of just wonder if an opportunity that was too good to pass up came along. If, if maybe, maybe he realized that's where his passion truly is. Cause it is a different game Co- college level versus high school level. I'm speculating there a little bit, but, um, I think we should all keep that in mind as well. And and it's in a different game, Wes, now than even uh, when Shane Beamer was hired, you know, because of like NIL and everything. You talk to college coaches really at any level, especially ones that are on that power five level where NIL has really made a huge difference. And there's been a marked shift in the past, I don't know, few months. I mean, you hear Shane Beamer talked about the difference of, you know, what they heard on the NIL front in the summer to what they heard in December. I mean, it's it's, it's pretty amazing. So, but that's kind of just a side point. With Kimry, I think a lot of people, <laughs> nice. We, ma- we made it, Wes, by the way, no, 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 never mind. I was going to say we made it a whole show yesterday without an insult, but somebody did talk about the red face yesterday. Oh, I knew that was coming yesterday. But it was only like once. It was very impressive. Very yes. impressive. So uh, th- thank you, Saint, for your for weighing in. We really appreciate that. I, but, I do talk a lot. I do talk a lot. I, but, talk a ton. I, I just talked for like 10 minutes straight a minute no, ago. I, I talk a lot. But but I also bring us in to the top of the show. I have to do the top of the show read. Yeah. Like there's, you know. It's all, it's all good. We're, we're, you can, Chris has a mute button. If I ever just get too far out, <laughs> um, he can just mute I can, me. I can control it, yep. Um, so, but you, you know, so with Kimry, a lot of people are looking at it very black and white. They're kind of putting Kimry in the box. And, and the reason, by the way, Wes, that people are so, I guess, emotional about this is it's not just two coaches leaving. It's Connor Shaw and it's Eric Kimry. And it's at the same time, these guys are Gamecocks. Like they played for Carolina. They're, they're beloved. Right. So leaving at the same time and, and all this stuff, it, it, it makes an impact on people where they start wondering about it because these are situations where these guys love Carolina, right? So you naturally wonder, well, why is it? Kimry is not a college coach in that typical sense. Most college coaches, it would not make sense for them to go from what you think is their dream job, and it is for Kimry, back to coaching high school. But he's not a typical college coach. This is another thing I said on the Insiders Forum today. His goal isn't to go be a position coach at Georgia or to be the offensive coordinator at Tennessee or to keep climbing the ladder, you know? I mean, if the Green Bay Packers offered, for some reason, Eric Kimry the head coaching job, sight unseen, he'd probably take it. I would hope so. The point is, he wasn't trying to leave. He wasn't wanting to leave South Carolina. This opportunity, and again, it will make more sense when people see the connections and what's happening. Um, it was an opportunity that was good. It was a, It was a family thing that made a lot of sense. 
you know, and it is a different situation than even Connor Shaw. And there are a lot of things that I think went into both of those choices. Definitely, man. Um, any, anything else from Beamer's press conference? Uh, and did, did you get to listen to most of it? I, I was off and yeah. on, to be honest with you. I, I know you had some stuff going on as well. Um, but Beamer, Beamer basically made it a point to say, hey, both guys are leaving in, I think fantastic was the word he, he said. There's a, still a fantastic relationship between uh, the program, between Beamer and Camry, between Beamer and Shaw. Um, you know, and, and both guys, I can tell you this with 100%, accuracy both guys are still going to be massive Gamecock fans like it's not um it's not like they're running off and, and pissed off and will never be around again um I imagine they'll both be in the stands quite a bit on Saturdays if they happen to be able to to be in town during you know during that time so I I think you you look and it, it's not Beamer made it a point to say that he also said Chris that he doesn't foresee any more like on-field staff changes in the future before the spring either. Now we all, he even said, he even acknowledged, Hey, that anything can happen in this game. Sometimes this stuff catches you off guard, but uh, that he doesn't expect anything coming um, as far as that goes. Um, I'm, I'm trying to see reading by the way, Colin Taylor has a great recap of all this. I'm trying to see what we, what we missed. by the way, Wes, and I do not know the identity of said coaches, but it, it did kind of stick out talking about no more staff turnover that he's aware of. But he did say it had come across his desk that one assistant turned down an ACC, SEC, and Big 12 job, and another one, separate one, had turned down an ACC job. So pretty interesting stuff there. Um, and and a, that happens a lot, you know, every, you know, off season. There's a ton of coaching shifts, obviously. Um, but there's also a bunch that are proposed that do not end up happening. Certainly, man. So let's see what else we got. Start. <laughs> Beamer seems a little, he's still a little bit slightly salty that Sterling Lucas turned him down. A little bit. Um, Wouldn't even name the school we went to. <laughs> yeah, there's a little. Now, I, I think it's a running joke at this point. Because oh, yeah. Lucas had a great comeback, by the way, when he was asked, um, you know, is Beamer still salty? He said, well, he hired me, so I guess he's over it. But I got a feeling that maybe come, is going to continue to come up in, uh, you know, in, in discussions. And Lucas even said, this was a nice little recruiting pitch, I feel like. Well, if they had had the facilities then that they do now, I'd have probably gone to South Carolina. Um, but he, it was interesting. I don't know if you caught this part, Chris. He said that Jasper Brinkley – was returning to that South Carolina team. And he said he was sitting there. He was coming in as a middle linebacker. And he was looking at the depth, depth chart. And there's Jasper sitting there. And he's like, man, I'm not going to play right off the bat here. So it, it, it kind of makes sense. Really, though, you know, he mentioned relationships. We've talked about this before. When basically there's three different linebackers coaches during the time you're being recruited because South Carolina made a coaching change. Then they, br they bring in – so that, that was one guy. The guy was there before. Then they bring in Van Gorder. Then he, he visits Sterling Lucas's high school on a recruiting visit. Then he's out the back door, moves on to, what, Notre Dame? 
the Fal- you have LSU. Do what? The Falcons. Falcons. Okay. Yep. Um, and then he he dropped. You know, you have um, obviously Ellis Johnson gets hired, and he's coaching linebackers and your defense coordinator as well. So you have three different guys all in that little quick period of time, and it was a late developing recruitment for Sterling Lucas as well. He was one of those guys that blew up at the Shrine Bowl. So, yeah, I could imagine if I'm a high school kid and all that's happening and I feel comfortable at NC State, maybe it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, um, you know, it's just been really interesting to kind of see his path. I remember, I'll be honest, Wes, when we first – heard of him being on the radar I'd kind of forgotten that he was in the coaching world you know because a, a lot of times when you I, I think it's almost easier to keep up with guys in the college level we we just we cover college more we hear a lot more about coaching movement within college and this is a guy that he spent some time at NC State in the weight room as a grad assistant but for several years now he's been in the NFL so I just kind of tossed him aside in my mind not really tracking him as a coach but he's certainly He's risen through the coaching ranks, has a lot of people from what we've heard, Wes, that that think really highly of him. And I think, um, you know, from a coaching standpoint, our understanding is that during the interview process, he really, really impressed people, you know, around South Carolina with his knowledge. And the thought was with some of the guys he's worked with hands on at the NFL level in terms of edge rushers that uh, he's going to be, you know, really, really good in that department. And it has worked with some guys at the NFL level that are, are very, very well respected. Um, it, it, seem, it seems like that was important to Beamer, too, that, that it be a guy – or that that was a nice bonus, I should say, um, that they spent some time in the NFL. He's been around some really high-quality coaches. He's been around some really well-known, high-quality players, uh, especially with, with Baltimore. And even from what I've read, Chris, that Jag- as, as much as the Jaguars struggled this year overall as a team – their defensive line, which is, you know, where he was helping out with, um, actually played pretty well from, from everything I've been told. I actually had a Jaguars fan who's a Gamecock fan who said, look, the, the defensive line was not the problem for, for those guys at all. So, so we'll see. It was, it was kind of funny. Also, the recruiting training day for, for Lucas and how he was on he, – he said he was on the private jet one day because he was with Beamer. And the next day he was – driving in his car for about six hours. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and going back to the D-line, man, whew, the D-line was about the only thing that wasn't the problem for the Jaguars this year. Wild stuff. So, I mean, he- here's the thing for me with Sterling Lucas, and we he's been on the road some, but he hasn't been out long enough and hasn't really been in Columbia in general long enough for us to get a sense of, you know, how are things going and, and what's brewing kind of on the recruiting front and the relationship front. I know in the next couple of weeks, Wes, we'll definitely be digging into that on GamecockCentral.com and hope to have some notes on that front. You know, obviously, here's the interesting thing. South Carolina brought in a couple guys in this class from the high school ranks in Brian Thomas and Donovan Westmoreland that can be edge guys. But you got to remember, they also missed out. They wanted to take a couple more. Jay Sean Barham, James Pierce missed on both those guys before, you know, during the early signing period. Barham flipping to Maryland. Pierce signing early with Tennessee. And so it's going to be vital next class, especially with some of the guys. You lose Jordan Strong, Birch will be an upperclassman. It's going to be absolutely vital, you know, that they go out and sign some difference makers in this next class. 
yeah, the, the two Jordans are, are getting up there in college age. And, uh, I, dude, I, I think getting Terrell Dawkins is inc- incredibly underrated by everyone at this point. Like, oh, yeah. as far as what that means to South Carolina. Like, there was even some chatter on our board when it first happened of, well, why is there, why, why do we need another defensive end? And you really dive into it. He's going to, I think, play a pretty big role this year even, but you fast forward to next year, if Dawkins can if Dawkins can do anything as far as getting settled in this season, he goes into the next offseason feeling like he's a, a definite starter, in my opinion. And it, it was it was kind of interesting to hear Beamer repeat some of the things we've been told by by others, and that was just how much of a better fit he will be at South Carolina in a four-man front which is what he was in his initial season at NC State when he was on the field and rushing the passer. Then they go to this three-man front where he's more of like a, you know, like a five-technique, like an inside guy or four-technique type guy. And now he's going to be out there a little bit further on the edge, which I, I think fits. He's listed. I was just looking at it, man. 6'4", 235. So he's probably a guy you want to put a little bit more weight on, right, in, in the nutrition program. But still, I think, especially this year, he can be a little bit more of that maybe pass rush specialist while you're, while you're putting some weight on him. Yeah, for sure. And definitely a better fit in a four-man front. This isn't a guy that you're going to go ask to to go out and, you know, two-gap guys. I mean, he, he's someone you need to attack and let him go attack. And that's certainly, I mean, from what we know of Clayton White's scheme, that's what they like to go do. You know, he, he wants to be, as particularly on, a, on third downs, you know, be aggressive in some of the things that they do up front and, you're right, definitely a key acquisition. I think the fact that South Carolina was able to get him and the coupled with the fact that they did miss on a couple of those talented edge rush targets really made his acquisition more important. But still, even with that, nonetheless, in the 2023 class, they have got to go out and get a difference maker or two on the edge. So we don't know who that will be yet. We know some of the targets, um, but it's going to be critical for them to go and do that. Yeah, and no. – We'll see. One one of the guys asked any news on the welcome home. Still no news on that. That's that's not especially as early it is for the class of twenty twenty three. Um, I guess we can like pretty much confirm completely that it is a twenty twenty three guy at this point since this signing day is is over with. But it could be a while. At, at one point, Chris, I was told it could be as early as like early this month. I checked on that. From what I was told recently, it could be quite a while as far as when that's going to be announced. And I think you're going to see that maybe more and more in some occasions where the welcome home goes out and then we find out weeks or months later when the guy puts it out publicly and we have to say, hey, this was that one way back on January. I don't even, I don't even know what it was at this point. I've already forgotten what day it was. Yeah. It was a couple of Saturdays ago. Um, maybe the 11th. That sounds right. Sure. I, I do not know for the record. I, I mean, and you remember when all the transfers were committing as welcome homes and we're like, this one today was number three. Number yeah. six has not been announced. Number one will tomorrow. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. You need like a diagram. So, yeah, we, we probably are going to see that more. Um, recruiting has changed a, a lot, Wes, from when we first started covering of what was your first full time year? Was it 2009 too, as well? So, 2008, 2009, eight, I think. Nine, that's when you and I both kind of broke into it. 
and man, it's way different now. It's way different. And so the early commit and, and this has been going on for a few years now, right? I mean, the early commit type of thing and then continue to look around, but the silent commit while you still look around thing, that's, that's going to be there too. Zachary Barker says it was the 27th or 22nd. So yeah, 22nd. Sorry, y'all. But so not that long ago, but anyway, um, what what else we got, man? I, I, there wasn't a whole lot more. Beamer basically confirmed what we already knew because the kid had announced it with Randricus Davis. He he obviously wasn't with the team this past season anyway, but that he has officially given up football. And Beamer said, let's see, there were, how do you say it? Quote, a couple of other situations that are fluid that he does not want to address right now nothing he quote really wants to get into right now out of respect for those guys but i mean let, let's be honest y'all y'all can probably even like we won't speculate and throw names out there but it's been a it's been very apparent for some time that there will be some upperclassmen who will move along and um you know either continue their careers elsewhere or possibly just kind of move on from football if they've graduated and stuff like that. So that, that'll be down the road probably after spring practice, but it's just a natural part of of growing a program. Uh, Benjamin wants to know any ideas on who might be interested in a tight ends job. Chris, I think probably far too early to even start throwing names out there. Yeah, I mean, Beamer did mention during his press conference, and, and he's mentioned this on uh, when there have been other open spots in the past that he's gotten a lot of texts and a lot of calls expressing interest in the position, but we aren't at that point, Wes, where we can say here are two or three guys that are definitely involved, you know, in which there's mutual interest. And and that's really where we want to go with our actual reporting on it. We could probably find out if we make a few calls, 15 guys that are interested in the job, you know, which ones South Carolina also interested in who may interview those are the things that we're going to try to dig and find out, and we don't know those yet. Beamer did say that he wanted to move as quickly as possible, but obviously, you know, not at the expense of finding a really, really good candidate. So Wes and I are both working on that, but but nothing, uh, nothing too substantial right now on that front. And you know, it's it's not a bad time to to be doing something like this, to be to have an opening because it's a dead period as far as recruiting goes. There's no. You know, spring practice hasn't started yet. Certainly, they'll want to get somebody in well before spring practice so you can start the acclimation process, let them get to know his current guys, all that stuff. But it is at least a situation where there's not some just crazy rush to, to go ahead and, and, and make a hire. Right. Um, anything else you got, man? Don't have anything else other than I, I will go back. I can't properly credit who – oh, Matthew – Matthew Threat or Threat. I'm sorry, I mispronounced your name. I'm going to pitch again. One dollar. GamecockCentral.com. Move to the On3 Network. If you haven't joined us yet, please come join us. If you have already, thank you so much. Really appreciate your support. Deal will not be there forever. So you may be sitting around saying, ah, in a couple weeks, I'll sign up when I get a chance. If you want the one dollar deal, come on in, jump over your first year of coverage, Insiders Forum, all our content, free Founders Club hat, one dollar. Wes just dropped the link. Head over there. Come join us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you will not be disappointed, in my opinion, with what we got going on. Plenty of stuff. Chris is there. I'm there. Colin's there. Mike Yuva's there. The full Gamecock Central staff. 
is on the new platform. So we appreciate the support as always. Appreciate y'all joining us on today's show. Um, appreciate, as always, Clint Hammond. And for the next couple of weeks, we'll have uh, Home Field Apparel mentions here on the show as well. So we keep you updated on what's going on with them. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you maybe tomorrow. We'll find out. You never know what could happen. So for Chris, I'm Wes. We'll see you later. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.